Will you turn to 1 Samuel, chapter 28? And Saul said unto his servant, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit. Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit. And as I approach this sermon tonight, there are two things that I must set before us, which will be the basis of all of our understanding. The first is that we have a living and a true God in the universe. He's the only God there is. There is none other. This God has created everything by his own power. And after his creation, Lucifer, Satan, sinned and rebelled against God. And he took with him in his fall a host, a legion, an innumerable company of what we call fallen angels. Real beings. And it was Satan and his great designs that tempted our first parents, brought them into sin, got us in the present situation we find ourselves in with death hanging over us all and misery all around us. Misery and death faces us. Furthermore, the Bible says that the human race at the present time is under the dominion of Satan. He is the prince of Tyrus. He's the old devil. The second thing we have to recognize is that God has been pleased to provide our salvation through Christ. And he's done it by means of revelation. And he has revealed his plan of redemption. He's revealed his whole plan to save us and to deliver us in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament. And the Bible is God's revelation and the only infallible rule of faith that we have here. And in this great passage in Isaiah, one of the great passages in Isaiah, where Isaiah condemns the muttering and peeping spirits around us, he tells the people of God that if they don't speak according to the law and the prophets, there's no light in them. Absolutely no light in them. The only place that we're to have light, the only place we're to recognize light, the only place we're to look for light is in Christ. I am the light of the world. There is none other light except Christ. No other place to find light except Jesus Christ. Consequently, beloved, when we come to God through Christ, know him as our Savior, we are concerned about our knowledge of him and of his ways in the place which he's appointed. And the place which he has appointed for our guidance, for our knowledge, is the Holy Scriptures and none else. There's absolutely none else. Consequently, everything that we have to deal with here on this earth has to be considered and has to be judged 
in the light of this revelation. Now that must be plain to everybody before we start. That must be plain to everybody before I get into this very important subject, this very significant subject for us tonight. Now the second great thing that I must lay before you is that our world of darkness is filled with all manner of sinister and wicked powers. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And Paul says that you need to put on an armor, a good armor, a strong armor, the whole armor. You mustn't let any piece of it off because you're going to have to meet the powers of darkness and the forces of hell which are operating in this world. Beloved, let's face it just as plainly as it can be faced. There's the world of light and there's the world of darkness. There's the world of God and Christ and His Spirit and the redeemed. And that world has its home in heaven. There's the world of the devil and his demons and his darkness, his superstitions, and all of the various arts and religions which he has concocted and created for the purpose of deceiving men and holding men in their sin. And we are on a stage. We call it the earth. And the struggle that's Raging upon this earth is a struggle between Christ, Antichrist, God, and Satan. And Satan is going to hold all he can keep. And God is coming by his grace and by his power through the preaching of the gospel to bring man out of Satan's kingdom, out of his world of darkness, over into the kingdom of his dear son. Now that is the conflict of the ages. And that is the struggle in which you and I are engaged today. Thank God that you believe in Christ. Thank God that you have the Bible and you know it is his holy and his infallible word. Now we have a very interesting phenomenon which has developed an Episcopal bishop by the name of James A. Pike has become exceedingly vocal, traveling around the country. He has decided over and over again that he's going to do everything he can to change the Episcopal church, change the Christian religion, and make it adaptable and acceptable to modern man. Instead of making modern man adaptable to the scriptures, he's trying to make the scriptures acceptable to the modern man. Bishop Pike has written a number of books. He's repudiated the Trinity. He says it's illogical. Nobody can understand it. And naturally, he doesn't understand it in his present unregenerate state. And he is unregenerate. There's no problem about that if you know the Bible's teaching. He repudiates the virgin birth. Repudiates the idea of you being born again. Repudiates the idea that Christ descended up into heaven and that he's coming again in the clouds of heaven. Bishop Pike has his own Pike religion, whatever it may be. He's conjured it up and he has manufactured it and he's going around preaching it. 
and he's been accused of being a heretic, and he has been successful now in getting the entire Episcopal Church to change its canon law so that they won't have any heresy trials, and he can't be called a heretic anymore, and he can remain in the communion and a fellowship of the Episcopal Church. And that just happened in uh, Seattle, Washington this past week. Now, as Bishop Pike is turned away from the Scriptures and turned away from the God of the Bible, he's been on a great search. He's been over to Palestine searching a lot of things. And uh, he's come up with the idea that uh, Jesus wasn't born in Bethlehem. He thinks he was born in Nazareth. But he's gotten that idea, and he's beginning to tell us about the new birthplace of Jesus Christ. He went over to Oxford last year in Cambridge and did some studying, and he took his son with him so they could be together. And when they came back to this country, his son stayed in New York City in a hotel one night and committed suicide. That was in February of 1966. And his father said he was greatly shocked. Bishop Pike then got involved in a lot of this uh, homosexual operations out there in his diocese and got a great deal of unfavorable publicity about that. He then became an advocate of what we call the new morality, and he's been telling these college students' forums that he's been speaking to, and out in Lubbock, Texas, just a few nights before I was there, he stood in a mixed audience of girls and students, and he says, girls, sex is fun. And Bishop Pike has been carrying on like this, and then after this, his wife divorces him, and now I understand a member of his staff just recently committed suicide. And he's in very serious trouble. And so when he gets up here to the Episcopal Convention and they make the change in the canon law so he can stay in the church, then he announces that he's had this uh, experience with this uh, medium and that uh, he has talked with his son and that all of this happened up in Toronto and it was televised and it was on the air. And he had a very favorable message, he says, from his son because his son indicated to him that he knew about his troubles and that he had an optimistic uh, view of the outcome of his troubles. And then Bishop Pike, Pike proceeds to say, according to these reports, that these seances and this medium was real because the medium brought into uh, light and into, into verbal expression names of people in, Dr. in Bishop Pike's life way back in years to come and Pike said he was certain that that sort of information couldn't have been researched. And therefore, it had to be real. There was something to it. And now Bishop Pike is beginning to speak about his contact with the, his dead son. And he says these are indications to him that there is continuing life after death and that there is a God. Now, that's the substance of what he has to tell us. And so the paper said this week, did Bishop Pike talk with his dead son? Well, beloved, we'll turn to Saul now and you'll see something about Bishop Pike's problems. In this story of King Saul, King Saul didn't go to the witch of Endor and didn't seek out some counsel from this world of darkness until first God had departed from him. He didn't go until the prophets had quit speaking to him. He didn't go until all visions had ceased. God had cut off Saul because of his sin. Sin had disobeyed the Lord twice. The first time he disobeyed him, he took away his kingdom. The second time he disobeyed him, he took away his son. He took away his, his uh, 
his succession. And Saul lost his throne, and he also lost the succession of being in the line of the Messiah. He lost that because of his sin, because of his disobedience. Sin always costs you something, and it costs Saul dearly. And so when Saul was cut off, God had rejected him. In fact, God had become his enemy. Then Saul saw the Philistines. Here they were. They come with great hordes, great numbers. And he wanted some guidance. He wanted some prophet to tell him, go ahead, Saul, go into the battle and you'll be the victor. As the prophets had told the other leaders in times past. But there was no one to guide this man Saul. And though he had cut off the familiar spirits, he knew they were wrong. Though he'd cut off the wizards, he knew they were wrong. Moses had told the children of Israel to have no dealings with the muttering and the peeping spirits that break through and begin to mutter and peep. And Saul had cut them all off. But when Saul had been cut off from God, and Saul had been cut off from the prophets, and Saul had been cut off from any vision or any dream, he says, there's nothing left for me to do but I'll try to find me a familiar woman, a woman with a familiar spirit, and let me ask of her. And he did. Now, the first thing I want to say to you tonight about all this, the world of the familiar spirits is a real world. There are such things. They exist. The Bible says they exist. Not only does the Bible say they exist, but... The history of all religious experience indicates that they exist. And in these last few years, especially down in South America, there's been a great revival of what they call spiritism. Spiritism. It's also over in Europe. And from now on, as a result of Bishop Pike and some of these other seances and things they're talking about, there's going to be a great emphasis on this spiritism in our country. And as we move into the darkness and as the Spirit of God withdraws, there's going to be more of these uh, mutterings and these little peepings that break through and these seances and these mediums are going to be able to talk about this and talk about that and talk about that. And people are going to go to them just like Bishop Pike went to one. Just exactly like Bishop Pike went to one. Now, beloved, If I tell you that they're real, and the Bible says they're real, I must also tell you to have absolutely nothing to do with them. Absolutely nothing to do with them. They are under the dominion of the demons and under the dominion of Satan. Do you know where God speaks to you through the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost speaks to us through the Scriptures, the commandments of God. And you must be led. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Now believe that. And don't start going out here to these muttering spirits and peeping spirits to try to talk to them. They're there. You can go pay your fare and pay your money. Did you know the medium in the case of Bishop Pike here was some sort of United Church of Christ minister? United Church of Christ minister. He'd been in touch with Conan Doyle and some of these other 
the leaders of the medium and spirit world of the last generation. And he was considered to be one of the best in contacting these various mediums in the underworld. And Bishop Pike went to a United Church minister and contacted him and got his contact with the underworld and got this message that he says back from his son, which, whom he says he talked to in the underworld. But beloved, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, everything that the underworld has to offer, everything that's out there in that underworld, cannot bring you to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And the only dealings that you and I have with the world that is beyond is through Jesus Christ. The only dealings that we desire to have with the world that is beyond is through Jesus Christ. There's none other name under heaven given among men. It's only the name of Jesus Christ. Now, isn't it interesting that Saul didn't go to the medium until God had rejected him? Bishop Pike didn't go to the medium until he repudiates the Trinity and repudiates the virgin birth, and repudiates the infallibility of the Bible. He ends up over here at the medium talking to this familiar spirit. And the familiar spirits are for those who have turned away from God. The familiar spirits are for those that had been cut off like Saul was cut off from God. But, oh, beloved, let me go a step forward. What kind of messages do you get out of these familiar spirits? What are the messages that you get? Well, what did Bishop Pipe get? He said he got a message. He said he got a message that his son knew all about his troubles with the house of bishops and that his son was optimistic about the outcome of it. Well, beloved, that would be one of the most pleasing messages that the devil ever sent back to this country, that the house of bishops was going to take care of Bishop Pike and let him stay in the church and amend their canon law. And I want to tell you, beloved, if you want to put anything in what Bishop Pike said about his son and what he heard from his son from the underworld and the world of the demons as this thing came out and came back, we have a connection between that world and the world over here where they're rejecting the doctrines of the faith. Those two worlds go together. Anything that attacks Christ Anything that rejects the doctrines of the Christian faith, anything that's going to turn people away from the message of redemption, that is from the underworld. That is from the world of the darkness and the demons. That's where it comes from. Now, beloved, you can't get a good message from that world. So don't try to get one. Don't bother with it. You can't get a good message. Makes no difference what you go to find. No matter what you get, the message you get out of that world will not be a good one. Not at all. It won't be the light of God for you. It'll be some enticement and some entanglement on the part of the world of the demons to take possession of you and hold you in your present estate so that you will not listen to the gospel, not listen to Christ, and not be saved. 
And the whole purpose of the muttering and peeping spirits in the world about us is to keep men and women away from the belief in Christ. Oh, but you say, Dr. McIntyre, Dr. McIntyre, these, uh, these muttering spirits sometimes can tell you what's going to happen in the future. That's right, they can. And they do. But they never tell you anything good. Everything you ever get out of them will be bad. Everything that ever comes out of them. But you say, but they're able to predict some of these things. Well, yes, they're able to predict certain things. Satan has tremendous powers. He has tremendous knowledge. And Satan is able by means of these mediums to communicate these things. And he can predict certain things. And beloved, I want to say to you that the old pagan world, the heathen world, take the oracle of Delphi, if you will. Take all these ways in which they've gone in the generations past. The kingdom. Take Babylon. Take Assyria. Take Egypt. Take these worlds where the demons have been ruling. Take these worlds where these things have been going on in days and generations past. And listen to them and see how they've done to divine. Take the Roman world. The Roman emperors and how they sought to divine the spirits and find out what there was ahead of them in regard to wars, in regard to struggles, in regard to these things. And they went to get something from the world of the demons demons. They did. But what did Saul learn when he got through with his witch of Endor? He learned that the Philistines were going to win and he was going to die and his three sons would die with him. And he shook. He was so trembled he couldn't eat. He got his death sentence. King Saul got his death sentence by going to the witch of Endor. Now, I don't think it's very difficult in many of these areas where the devil's able, able to predict certain things. I can predict some things too, and I'm not the devil. But I can tell you people that if you do certain things, if you go out and commit certain sins, something's going to happen to you. I can tell you that, because the wages of sin is death. And I know perfectly well that certain things are going to happen Judgment's going to fall. A prophet can stand up and speak of these things, not only on the basis of past knowledge and history and experience, but on the basis of these great laws that are written in the Bible. The devil knows them as well as anybody else. He knows these things. Furthermore, the devil knows that he's doomed. He knows that his, day is, his days are numbered. He knows that when the cross of Christ was accomplished and the Lamb of God cried out, it's finished, the devil was finished. And the day's coming when he's to be bound and put into a pit and put out of being for a thousand years. And then we can have some peace. And there's one thing I want to tell you. During the millennium, beloved, there'll be no muttering and peeping spirits around military headquarters or around political headquarters or around governmental centers. There'll be no peeping and muttering spirits that these men are trying to, to, to get in connection with. And as I lay this groundwork and as I show you this picture tonight, beloved, let the Christian understand that the world of the demons is real. The world of the demons has power, but it's a world out of which you and I should have absolutely nothing to do with. Nothing to do with. Our dealings are with the truth of the Bible, are with the Spirit of God, our demons... These demons that come at us, these demons that attacked us, don't you give place to the devil. You resist him. 
and therefore we are a clean people. We're not a mystical type of people. We're not some kind of a people that's in a daze or a fog or a haze and we're trying to make contact with this outer world. We're a people who've been given a sound mind. And we're a people who stand for the laws of God. And we're a people who believe in the truth of the word. And we know whereof we have believed. And we know whom we have believed. And we are persuaded that he's able to keep that which we've committed unto him against that great day. You know, my Christian friend, when any of you people begin to think about going down here and talking to a medium, they've got them all around. You can go down in Philadelphia. I can show you where they are. Little signs, little curtains. They got them. You can go in there if you want to. You can pay your price. They'll collect your fee from you. But the moment you start going into there, that's a sign you've turned away from Christ. The minute you start playing around with that sort of foolishness and nonsense and with the powers like Bishop Pike has done, now you watch, beloved. Bishop Pike's going to go down and down and down and down and he'll keep going down and he's going to embarrass the Episcopal Church before he gets through and I'm not a demon and I'm not a prophet. You just wait and say, Bishop Pike is on the downward road. And when he comes and says he saw his son and brought a message back and brings it out and the newspapers give it all, he's going back again and he'll get something else and he'll go back again and he'll get something else. And Bishop Pike is going to be one of the greatest embarrassments that the Episcopal Church has ever possibly conceived. He's going to be that to him before he gets finished. He's living in that world now. But we come to the big question. Come to the big question. Did Bishop Pike actually see his own son? My answer to that is an emphatic no. An emphatic no. Did Bishop Pike actually talk face to face through that medium with his son who committed suicide in a New York hotel in February of 1966? The answer is no. Absolutely no. He thinks he did. He tells you he did. The medium brought him up and he talked to him and he got a, he got a uh, voice that came through. He got this message that came through. At least uh, uh, he, he, he said it was his son. But was it his son? No. Emphatically no. Beloved, on the basis of everything that the Bible teaches, the moment your spirit leaves this body of yours, it goes straight into the presence of Jesus Christ and you're in his presence for all eternity and nobody has power to bring you back down here except Jesus Christ himself and he's not going to do it till the resurrection day. You're in the presence. And for everyone who dies in their sins, they go not for a second chance. They go got to some intermediate state. They go not to an area around about us where they can haunt us and peep through to us. They go to the place which the Bible calls hell. And if you'll remember the story of Dives and Lazarus, there's a great gulf fixed. A great gulf fixed. And no one could be sent back. And beloved, I say to you tonight, 
Don't you for one moment think that after you're dead and your spirit's gone from here that you're going to be able to come back and talk to Carl McIntyre or to your wife or your two husband or to your children or to anybody else. When you leave this body, your spirit will be in heaven with Christ or it'll be in hell with the devil and his angels. You're not coming back here, beloved. That's clear from the Bible. Well, then you say, what happens? What happens? Well, this is what happens. The underworld, the, the, underworld, the world of the demons, the world of darkness, evil, they knew all about Bishop Pike's son. They know all about Bishop Pike. They have knowledge of all kinds. When Bishop Pike says, I'd like to talk to my son. I'd like to talk to my son. They said, just wait a minute now. Just wait. And the medium begins to feel around. And this is the muttering. This is your little bubblings and burpings that come through. And he says, I'll get you something. And what happens? Here comes this one that's, well, yes, that, uh, that sounds like him. That talks like him. Beloved, do you know the greatest imitator, the greatest impositor, the greatest faker, the greatest deceiver that this world knows anything about is the devil and his angels? Right here and now, he's an angel of light. He gets into an angel of light. He gets into the pulpit now and he's an angel of light, deceiving everybody on every hand with all this thing. He's an angel of light. But one out here in this demonic world, this underworld, where these evil spirits are, beloved, he can come up and he can imitate this one, he can imitate that one, they can imitate this one. He can do it without any trouble. And can do it so beautifully and so perfectly. We're dealing with a world that has matchless supernatural powers about it, far beyond anything that you and I could ever imagine. That devil has power. That devil has legion. That devil is the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that thou worketh in the children of disobedience. And everything that this Bible tells you and me is that you can't deal with him alone. You can't stand up to him in your own right. You can't stand up to him in your own power. The only way that you and I can deal with the devil is to wrap about us the robes of righteousness which Christ has given us. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we can stand, and having done all, we can stand. I don't think for one minute that Bishop Pike saw his son or heard from his son. He had a nice, good imitator out there deceiving the bishop, and he deserves to be deceived. He deserves to be deceived by the devils. When a man gets up and says that I don't believe the Trinity and I don't believe the virgin birth and I don't believe that Christ sits at the right hand of God and I don't believe he's coming back again and Bishop Pike openly parades his unbelief, he deserves to be deceived by the demons. Oh, it's a tragedy, beloved, to see a man carrying the title of bishop and a leader in the great Episcopal Church with his glorious creed, his 39 articles of the Anglican Creed that are so precious and so similar in their beautiful statements to our own Westminster Confession. Have him in the midst of all of this, changing the whole canon law of the Episcopal Church so there'll be no heresy trials and uh, Bishop Pike will be accepted in the church. I tell you people tonight, as your pastor stands in this pulpit, somebody says to me, well, didn't Samuel come up? No, I don't think that was Samuel at all. Call him Samuel. That wasn't Samuel. 
God rejected Saul. God's not speaking to Saul. Do you think God cooperated with the uh, medium to get Saul up there, or get Samuel to come to Saul? No, God doesn't cooperate with the devil. Never did, never will. And I've always held the view, and I think it's the only view that you can hold, that when Saul was rejected of God and he sent him no prophet, having not sent him a prophet, do you think he sent him a prophet when he went to the devil to get his information? God doesn't cooperate with the devils to do his work or to bring his messages. No, he does nothing of the kind. That old demon brought up something that said he was Samuel, pretended to be Samuel, and he had the knowledge of judgment, and Saul got not a message of guidance, of comfort, of encouragement, or anything that might help him from the Lord. He got the message he deserved, and it was his death sentence. And beloved, if you go to play with the mediums and the evil spirits, you'll get your death sentence too. Leave them alone. Oh, beloved, you and I live in another world from that. We're not going to have anything to do with that kind of a world. We're finished with that kind of a world. We've been caught out of it. We've been regenerated by the power of the gospel. And oh, when they come at you with little papers, little little slips of paper. They want you to play Ouija board. And they want you to get into some of these other things. And they want to get into, leave that sort of mischief alone. It leads you into something else. It leads you into these other things. And I can assure you, beloved, with your corrupted nature, even though you born again, the Spirit comes and the devil works on you. And all of these things are things to take you astray. And that's what the Bible means about being steadfast unto the end. That's what the Bible means about your being perseverant and being faithful unto death. Many a good Christian's been let off and they've just been ruined by all this sort of thing. And then they come with all... I've had the chance to see people. I've seen them in Canada. I've seen them in Europe. After a while, your old flesh gets creepy. After a while, some of you, they even change their eyes and everything else. And you look at these mediums that have been dealing with this dark world and see how it affects them. Just look at some of them. Satan just binds them and binds them and binds them. And this is a part of the binding process where he's going to bind you up so you'll never get away. And you'll never go to be with Christ who is the Redeemer. Now, if you want to talk about secrets, we've got secrets. We have the divine revelation. You want to talk about prophets? Yeah, we have prophets. We have the true prophets of God. You want to talk about the future? Well, I'll tell you anything you want to know about the future. It's all here in the Bible. The Lord's coming. He's going to raise the dead. You want to talk about personal guidance? The only place you can get personal guidance is to ask of God who giveth liberally. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. He'll bring it to pass. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't go to the mediums. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. God Almighty has the miracles. He has the prophets. He has the light. He has the future. He has all of it revealed to us and given to us, and it's in this blessed book, the Holy Scriptures. And that's all you need. Oh, beloved, when I preach like this tonight to you, dear people, I wish I could just pack this church out. I wish I could fill this church. 
I wish you people would bring your friends and your neighbors and the ungodly about you. Let's go down to the church and hear Dr. McIntyre preach against the devil and offer you Jesus Christ is your only hope. Let's hear this message of everlasting life. Let's hear this message that'll make new creatures. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let's listen to the message of Christ. But as the message of Christ is watered down and denied and pushed aside, up come the seances, up come the familiar spirits, up come the Bishop Pikes. They made a contact with the other world. Beloved, Bishop Pike says he told me some names of people back there. Oh, beloved, if you're going to listen to somebody who talks about names, listen to Jesus Christ. Listen to him when he talks to Nathaniel. Nathaniel, you were under the fig tree before Philip got you. Listen to Jesus Christ as he talks to the woman at the well in Samaria and says, you've had how many husbands? Oh, yes, you've had more than one, haven't you? Oh, she says, he told me all about me. If you want someone who knows everything about you, that someone is Jesus Christ. If you want someone who can work the miracles, you don't have to go to a seance. You have his bodily resurrection testified to by many infallible proofs. Here are the witnesses. 500 of them, oh, a few have fallen asleep, but 500 of them, Paul says, are still alive and we saw him on the hillside when he appeared to us. You want evidence? You want testimony? Don't get into the realm of shadows and whispers and little muttering things. Get out here where there's an empty tomb. Get out here where there's a living Christ who's gone into the heavens. Get out here where there is one who raised Lazarus from the dead. Isn't it interesting that no muttering spirit has ever sent anybody back with their body on? Bishop Pike didn't get his son back with his body on for a few minutes to talk to him. No. And they won't. And they can't. Their power's limited. They have power, but it's limited. Will you go with me back to the days of the great bondage of the children of Israel in Egypt. Look what happened in the great signs. Every time Moses wrought a sign, up came the wise men and the uh, necromancers and these wizards, and they, they threw down their snakes. And Moses did this, then they imitated it. And Moses did this, and then they imitated it. And they imitated the signs of Moses up to a certain place, and then it stopped. Satan can only go so far in his imitations, so far in his power. Satan cannot go into that tomb and raise the dead. Only Christ has that power. And he's the only one who's ever evidenced it, that power. And he did it when he raised himself from the dead on the third day. What disturbs me is that the ordinary Christian today and the great rank and file of our great churches don't know enough about the Bible, don't know enough about the devil, don't know enough about the gospel, to realize that Bishop Pike is being deceived and misled by the demons themselves. And he's gone to their world so he can talk about the future. I don't know how this makes you feel, but every time I get into this world, I get to quivers, I get to shaking. I don't want to get close to the thing. I want to stay away from it. And the only reason I'm talking about it because the Bible makes it very clear as to what it is. Moses said it before the children of Israel. We've seen it in all the pagan religions. Oh, if you want to see Satan's power, go out to, go out to 
<clears throat> some of these Far Eastern countries. Go and see it. See these priests. I'm thinking of, of the Buddhist priest in the Far East there. We've seen it. They're working with the demons. They're working with They have contacts with the muttering spirits. That's their business. That's the world they live in. That's the only world they know anything about. And you feel the power of darkness as it lays hold upon the minds and the souls of men and holds them. And beloved, when you see it, I'll tell you one thing. You come to the place where you believe there's only one power that can penetrate it. There's only one power that can change it. There's only one power that can bring about that complete overturning which takes a dead man and makes him alive. And that's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And our answer to Bishop Pike is the blood of Christ. Our answer to the demons is the blood of Calvary. Our answer to all the hosts of hell is Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that God raised him from the dead on the third day according to the scriptures. And this old dark world is going to press in on us. It's going to come in on us with all the creeps and with all the... Uh, terrible sort of feelings that it creates, it's going to come. And you and I must turn about and say, Lord, give me grace, give me strength, keep me pure, keep me steadfast, keep me unashamed, keep me close to thy blessed word. For this is the word of the living God. And that which comes from the muttering spirits is the word of the demons and of the evil forces that are abroad in our universe. Somebody asked me the other day if I thought these lying saucers came from the devil. I'm not sure about them. I, I'm not an authority on the flying saucers, but I do think that the flying saucers are coming from somewhere. And they may be coming from way out in outer space, but they're coming from somewhere. But we're going to have signs and wonders in the heavens. And great things are going to take place as Satan unfolds some of his great masterpieces. You know, they tell us the Russians are getting ready to do something now on October the 17th. That's the day of the revolution. They're getting ready to do something. They're going to make a spectacular. It's going to be the last great climax of the 4th of July celebration. They'll send something into the heavens. That's what they say they're going to do. And we're anxious to see what they're going to do on the 17th of October, the great revolution, 50 years of the revolution. But beloved, as we come down to the end of this age and the old devil has as his task the deceiving of the minds of men and holding them captive, he's going to pull out a rocket and he's going to show it. He's going to pull out some other spectacular and he's going to show it. And finally, he's going to have his own man arise. He'll arise. And the nations and the world is going to be deceived. Be deceived. And you can't tell me that what's happened to Bishop Pike and the way this thing's unfolding and moving isn't along that line and along that pattern and along that road. It is. And we stand tonight, and thank God we do stand a little company. Oh, when I think of the Christians of 2,000 years ago when they heard the apostles and they met and they prayed and they believed and they obeyed and they wouldn't bow down and they wouldn't serve the devil and they died and they were thrown to the lions. 
And then the Lord was merciful and God preserved a witness. And tonight you and I belong to that great company that believe that salvation is by faith. And your only hope of seeing God is to believe in Christ. Salvation is by faith and only by faith. And once you taste and see that this is the Lord's power, once you've been born into his glorious kingdom, then you want to live close to his word, be guided by his word, and not let the devil get you off on this tangent or get you off on this track or mislead you and let you follow somebody else here or there. No, we'll stay close to the Lord. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you parents with your children here tonight, please, please, please teach them this word. Instruct them in this word. Found them and establish them in the doctrines of this word. They're going to need it. They're going to need it before we get through in these last days. Well, did I answer your questions? I hope I've answered some of them. Poor Bishop Pike thought he talked to his son. I'm sorry to tell him I don't think he did. His son is in his place where God has appointed for him to go for all eternity. There's a great gulf fixed. And all the demons can do is imitate and pretend. And they're good imitators and they're good pretenders. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our God, we thank thee for this great passage in the Bible tonight. God bless this message to our understanding. For Christ's sake, amen. Now, as I close this service tonight, I want us to just bow. I want to have a little special prayer about WXUR. Somebody says there was a story in the Enquirer today. I don't know about it. I just, somebody brought it to me just now. But pray that we'll be able to get our story out. Pray that we'll be able to do it. Every night this week, I'm going to be out in these rallies. Tomorrow night in Norristown.